Hello, hello, hello. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Shit Happens. Shit Happens. Shit Happens. And we got a lot of shit to talk about today. Um, But before we get started, thank you all for joining us. I am your host, the PGH Diva, and I am joined by my lovely co-host. Introduce yourself. This is your girl, Lady T, over here. Hello, Lady T. What up? The PGH Diva? Um, Oh, happy weekend. It's a holiday weekend, a four-day weekend. It is. Although it's not a four-day weekend for me. Fair. That is fair. Um, And shout-outs, you know, this episode will air well after uh, Memorial Day. Um, But it doesn't feel like a real Memorial Day to me. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, anyways, because we've been in quarantine for two and a half months. Right. And, like... (laughs) I mean, no one's really having cookouts. Um, No, and that's like, it's cookout season, and we're not having no cookouts. This is depressing. Yeah, it is kind of sad. It just doesn't feel like like a normal time. (laughs) Um, It is just weird. Even I was out shopping this morning, and, uh, you know, people were getting, like, like outdoor stuff because weather's starting to get warmer, yeah. you know. So people are getting like outdoor like toys and things like that, um, just to keep people occupied and you know probably want to do something, but you're probably not going to do anything because you know no one's really cooking out so or having right. picnics or so gatherings. So it is sad. Um, the pools aren't opening. This would be the time when pools would be opening. Um, it's just like surreal. <laughs> To know that, like, summer is pretty much done. Yeah, um, it really is. Like, they made the announcement that the pools were going to be closed, the splash parks are closed. Amusement like, parks, all that. Yeah, amusement shit. parks are closed. Like, there is no summer this year. Summer has been canceled. Yeah. The crazy part is, like, 2020 is, like, really flown by, right? We're going into June and in, in just yeah. like, a week or so. And, I mean, 2020, like, just, like... Where did it go? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's flying. Um, and it's unfortunate. It's, you know, before we know it, it's going to be winter again. It's going to be cold. It's just this quarantine time and COVID-19 has been just... A pain in the arse. It's a, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> Let's talk about it. It's the shit that's actually happening. Um, and it's real shit. Um, right. But we have a good show for you guys. Um, we're going to kick it off um, in a moment. But uh, this is going to be part two of our last episode. And for the first time in probably a little while now, um, we don't have a special guest joining us. It's just us. It's we, just we, us. Uh, the two of us. Just the two of us. Mm-hmm. We can make it if we try, just the two of us, you and I. Um, yeah, so, uh, but we're so excited to be able to um, uh, be back with you all today. Um, and before we get things started, don't forget, season one of Shit Happens Podcast is now streaming on all the things. Apple yeah. Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, 
um what else luminarypodcast.com iheartradio.com all of you all of that you can listen to uh the season one of shit happens and the current seasons um i mean this season season two um the uh first uh four episodes are up on uh, apple podcast uh you can find us at shit happens podcast that's sh exclamation point t happens podcast um and be sure to follow us on social media facebook instagram at ish happens pod yes follow us on all the things follow us on the things you know i'm not very good at like actually like is keeping up with our Instagram, um, which is sad, or Facebook, but I'm gonna get better at it. Um, we're, we have to get better at it because I mean, it's real life, though. I mean, like, shit happens. That is true. We, we ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So, yeah, follow us, listen, um, give us your thoughts. If you, you know, are filling an episode, be sure to, you know, put it in the comments about what you thought about that episode. And, um, and yeah, that's it. So it's time for check this shit out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check 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 it out. Um, yeah. So check this shit out. And for those of you who are new um, to um, listening to Shit Happens podcast, uh, check this shit out is our segment where we talk about things that we think you should check out, um, things that we're doing, watching, reading, all that jazz. Um, so yeah, let's kick it off. Check this shit out. What you got for me today, Lady T? So my check this shit out for the episode is um, at the beginning of of all of quarantine and everything, I did some self-evaluating and I was like, you know what? I need to do more reading, but I don't necessarily have the time to do reading. So I was like, you know what? Maybe, Maybe I should download Audible and see what like Audible's hitting for. So that way I can like get my books in still, but not really like commit so much time to like sitting down and reading a book because I can listen to a book in my car while I'm cleaning, while I'm folding laundry, you know, while I'm just at home. I can listen to a book on my phone. I could put it on the TV. So Audible allows you, it's a, it's a site for audio books. Which, you know, if you're not one of those people that likes to read or have like a concrete book in their hand, like Audible is probably the way to go for you because it definitely is beneficial. Um, So what Audible does, like when you first sign up, they give you the choice of choosing a free free audio book for you to to read or listen to. And like you have whatever choice you can choose, whatever book you want to. And the first one is free. So my choice was Becoming by Michelle Obama, which so far, like, has been pretty decent. But now they even upgraded it because she has a she has a documentary on Netflix or mm. it's going to be coming on. Her book is turned into a documentary. Yeah. It's going to be coming on Netflix. So now her her audio book is now a visual book. Oh, really? That's awesome. You can, like, go and read, like, you'll be able to watch, because she talks about the book. She pretty much illustrates the book in this documentary. Dope. The documentary documentary is called Becoming as well. Right. And I haven't actually watched the documentary yet. I've I've been waiting to get to a point where I'm like, Devin, 
I got the time. This is like a special moment, a date with me in this documentary. Um, so uh, that, but, but it's good to know that, you know, the book and the doc, you know, kind of go along together. Cause that would be dope to read it. I also, I also use audible or I have used audible and I have, um, becoming on audiobook as well as a physical book. Um, I've just have never finished it, which is unfortunate, but that's just my life. Um, where I start books and I don't finish them. Um, but actually I had a goal. I set a goal. Um, I haven't really done a great job at keeping to it, but I need to get back to it. But I had set a goal earlier this month um, that I would read 10 pages a day of a book. Um, so the book that I'm currently, or at least I started reading um, earlier this month, is uh, The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, who's the writer of um, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, um, Station 19, all those shows. And so, um, but I, I do want to double back and go, you know, go back and um, listen or watch um, The Becoming. So I'm excited about that. And um, I'm excited about Michelle Obama. I I had been waiting to start a new, like, episode or series or anything like that until yeah. I finished Scandal, all seven seasons of Scandal that I pretty much watched in about a month. Wow. <laughs> um, which I'm proud of. It it was on Netflix all seven seasons and it just um, left Netflix on the 19th so I had, a, I had an end date so I had to try to get the episodes, as many episodes in as possible. Um, but it was nice to go back and rewatch that show and um, I found, um, I got, so Apple TV, If for those of you who have iPhones, Apple TV is giving one year of Apple TV, um, like, subscription for 99 cents for a year. Wow. Um, and so I signed up for that, and there's, like, different, like, streaming um, uh apps on within apple tv so wait, explain that a little more how do you go about doing it? you just go on to yeah so it was weird like it, it pop actually popped like an alert popped up on my phone from apple tv so most iphones uh probably seven and up have have the apple uh tv app already mm-hmm. installed on their phone like you don't have to add it on yeah um so if you go to the apple tv app i believe uh, it should pop up where it said you should have a free subscription or not free, but the subscription for 99 cents. Um, I'm not really sure. It was just really random. I got an, a notification on my phone that said it was available. And I was like, I mean, a dollar. Sure. <laughs> I definitely I have an X and I definitely do not have the Apple TV. Interesting. Well, we'll have to try to figure that out for you. Um, maybe I downloaded the app. I don't know. I don't think I did, though. But either way, I got Apple TV on my phone. And um, so I found this um, this app called CW Seed. CW Seed. Yeah, okay. so you remember the, the, the TV channel CW, the CW? Yeah. So they have an app called Seed, S-E-E-D. Uh-huh. And that app has like a bunch of different like TV shows and and series and stuff like that. But the one thing that they have on there are old episodes of Girlfriends. Mm. 
and such a good show and the thing about girlfriends well the, the thing about this app is that it doesn't have all the episodes so it does skip like it, it doesn't have season one so it starts oh, with season two <laughs> Um, it doesn't have all the episodes of season two. Season three has only has like like five episodes, five or six episodes of the season. So it's kind of spotty, but it's just been cool to like watch it, like yeah, you know, go back and like watch watch it because it's been something a while. to keep you entertained for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, so my goal, I mean, we've we've moved from books to TVs real quick, but um, my goal is to. Um, uh, read some books and and I also have been starting different TV series and stuff like that. That's just keeping me entertained. So that's dope. Yeah. Um, so check out Audible if you don't have it. Um, you can download the app um, probably through the um, through the Play Store if you have an Android or um, through apps um, through Apple apps um, on your phone or if you have an iPhone. And um, yeah, dope Audible. I'm excited to hear like your journey of 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 reading slash maybe we've been watching, uh, yeah. uh, becoming maybe we can do we can try to do that together and like do an update. I'm down. So I'm all for it. Um, so I don't have anything major for check this shit out, but the one thing that I wanted to do in this in this segment at least was to shout out like these stores <laughs> because I so I got up this morning and I did like a speed shop before yeah. we started recording because there was a couple things that I needed from the store um, I haven't really been out in like four or five days um, so it was nice to get out the house the weather is nice I was able to roll the windows down and um, you know just Place enjoy fresh air play music whatever um, so, you know, going to the store anymore is like a chore. Um, it's so stressful. We have yes. to wear, we have to wear masks all times while we're in the store. So it's like hard to breathe and shop at the same time. There's one way aisles. People don't obey the one way aisle system. Like it's a thing. Um, but I would like to just say that my win for today, and this is going to sound like an advertisement, um, uh, for Lysol. um but just so our viewers and listeners know um Lysol does not sponsor this podcast but if they want to I wouldn't even be mad if they were after they hear this because as I was walking down the aisles of my um neighborhood grocery store I you know occasionally will check the shelves knowing that there's not going to be like no Clorox wipes or Lysol spray or anything that I need in terms of like cleaning because it's been hard to find them. But I I start to walk past the aisle and I didn't initially see um, the Lysol wipes on the end cap or, you know, like by the um, side of, you know, the beginning of the aisle. So then I was like, oh, okay, then I don't need to go down that aisle. But as I started to walk past... I just kind of briefly turned around, like I just glanced behind me as I was walking, and I noticed two cans of Lysol spray on the shelf. Just lonely, two lonely cans. 
of Lysol spray on the shelf. They were tucked in the corner. Like, it was super random. I have never seen Lysol spray in this in this grocery store since the beginning of the whole quarantine shutdown stuff. And mm-hmm. I, like, literally lost my mind. Like, I, like, went back and I bought it. I was like, I don't even care how much it costs. doesn't even matter. I'm buying it. Right, so, like- shout-outs to Lysol. I got Lysol disinfectant spray. You would think that I won the lottery, but I didn't. I just literally <laughs> got one can of Lysol spray, just 19 ounces of spray. That I'm so excited to just disinfect but my whole gonna house. It's going to be disinfected today. It's going to be disinfected. Everything's getting disinfected today. Like, yeah. I've been pretty much the only person in my house during this quarantine, like, there's only been a handful of people who've been in and out of my house, and usually I clean after when anybody's here. Yeah. But, like, I'm about to just disinfect the entire house just because of this one can of spray. So, shout-outs to Lysol. Shout-outs to my local grocery store, Giant Eagle, for having two lonely cans of spray on the shelf. I don't even know. Were there others? Way I to mean, come in the clutch, Giant Eagle. <laughs> come in the clutch, for real. Um, but, really, the I mean, the shit that I think just checking out like you know not even really checking out but like I just want to shout out all of the essential workers the grocery store or um you know store workers who've been coming in and you know I know they've been making way more money than they would normally make which is awesome yeah Um, so I'm really happy about that but you know medical uh field workers um the post post office workers I mean I just read an article like just briefly um that said that like 5000 like postal workers have like been po- you know tested positive <laughs> because they've just been still working which is crazy i don't know where this was and you know this is probably not like really helpful story to share <laughs> on a podcast um cuz i didn't really like look into it or research it but it was just it's just crazy to me that people are sacrificing their lives to make yeah. sure that things can go on as somewhat normal um so shout outs to those people also the state of pennsylvania is starting to slowly open up i read that they're talking about like the whole state being in green by like june 5th which i don't know how i feel about that because i'm personally not ready to physically be places what i don't have to be Mm -hmm. like for work yeah like i'm not lying i'm not rushing out to go to no bars no restaurants no like the only place that i've been consistently since all this has started was the grocery store yeah because i needed food but other than that like everything else i can order it online i don't need to go anywhere else like i have everything that i need in my hand within a drop of a dime so like I'm not that pushed. Like, yes, it would be nice to be around people, but like, like you said, I've I've been around people. I've interacted with people. I still continue to go to work, so I have to interact with those people every day. Yeah. Um, but like, as far as my friends, like, I've been able to see my friends whether they were over Facetime or Zoom calls or like even some of us have gotten together face to face. So like, 
I don't need to go to these bars and be around, like, other people that I don't know. Yeah. Like, to me, it's not necessary. Like, I mean, I still have bottles of alcohol in my house. Like, I'm happy to fix a cocktail for myself on my couch, like, Rona Free. Like, I'm not interested. I mean, I know that, like, the state of Pennsylvania has given the green light um, to uh, bars and restaurants to sell alcohol to go now which is which is interesting i mean you still can't go into bars and bars still can't be physically open for customers to come in but you can um order or call ahead and order like a long island iced tea from your local bar um, down the street or whatever as a way for those um those business owners to start um generating some income yeah um, so I think if I were to do anything like that, it would literally just be to support, you know, business, those yeah. businesses and not because I need to be out and go get alcohol from a place. Right. Um, because for me, I mean, the liquor stores are open again. Um, so you can go in the liquor stores now or you can get cur- curbside, which curbside is actually super easy to do. I just did it like a couple weeks ago and I put my I called in in the morning and they had, you know, they said, like, oh, come pick it up by 5 p.m., like, that day. So yeah. it was, like, super easy. You know, I told them what bottles I wanted. They charged my debit card or whatever, and I picked the order up, and it was great. Like, I didn't have to spend time going in the store and searching when I yeah. want. Like, so I appreciate, like, being able to utilize those types of things because I physically don't need to be in places. So, I mean, it's just just the adjustment to how we're, like, having to do things now, which is really weird to me. Like, things, instant gratification is really not the case because you can't get things as instant or quickly as you might want to get them. Right. So, anyways, um, some shit I think you should not check out is Red Lobster. <laughs> I had the worst experience ordering food from Red Lobster on Mother's Day. Um, the I put my place my order at like three o'clock for delivery at five for my grandma, so that I didn't have to worry about cooking her a meal or anything like that. And they didn't come through my order. Like they just canceled it uh, at like seven o'clock. They just decided that my order wasn't. Um, worth uh, delivering anymore and so they canceled the order and this happened to like a lot of people um so i'm still waiting for a refund which is crazy um so don't check out red lobster ever um red lobster because red lobster definitely failed a lot of people and i saw pictures of like the local red lobster my um you know in my city uh where the to-go bags were like on the floor like no, no. it was crazy. So no thank you, uh Red Lobster for your no, services no are no longer needed here. So anyways. <laughs> um well that's it for me for check this shit out. What about you? Um that's all for me. I don't have nothing else that I want y'all to check out. Dope. Well, if you have an event, a new book, show, TV show, movie, anything you want us to check out, be sure to send us your suggestions at um shit happens podcast at gmail.com that's shit happens podcast at gmail.com 
And yes, we do spell out the word shit in our in our email address, which is awesome. We do. Um, yeah. S-H-I-T. So pumped about that. Um, all right. So now let's get into our topic of the day. Get it on. Let's get it on. Ding, 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 ding. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh-uh. <laughs> no? Okay. Not right now. So, um, our last episode, we, um, we talked about what it, you know, what it's like to being, about being black in America, right? And we had... Um, a special guest host with us, um, Chase Patterson from um, the newest um, podcast, um, I'll Say What I Want, Thursdays, 9 p.m., Facebook Live, check them out. Um, and we had a really good conversation about what it's like being black in America and just talking about the most recent tragedies of um tragic deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, um both very sad and um disturbing stories. Absolutely. You know, Ahmaud Arbery being literally being chased down by two white men with a gun because they thought that he was running, that he was, you know, breaking into homes when he was just going for a jog. 25-year-old black man like had so much potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure, you know, to do some great things and his life was taken very, very early on. And and actually, <clears throat> I just read an article the other day that talked about the the guy who filmed, who yeah. videotaped yeah. that yeah. situation yeah. actually has been charged yeah. um, as well. And because, you know, he he videotaped the whole thing like he was that was yeah. his job. Um, so it's just really tragic and sad. And then the story of Breonna Taylor, um, who was in her home, asleep in her bed. And, um, you know, the police, you know, broke into her house and uh, assumed that the, a person that they were looking, a person of interest that they were looking for was in there, um, shot uh, several times and, and killed this woman, um, young woman on the spot. And um, and she actually was an EMT and um, it's just a really sad story. So you can't even be in your house sleeping right. in your own bed. And we know that there have been stories like this before. Um, so as we're talking about these things and these experiences um, when it comes to violent behaviors um, towards black people in this country, um, I think one aspect of that conversation that we really didn't go down that road, and, and I think it's because obviously we were planning to do this episode, um, was to talk about the um the issue of white privilege yes and what does that mean i mean to be a black person in this country versus to be a white person in this country and how it looks very different the experiences look very different in so many different ways so i wanted to spark the conversation off about that um you know i think it's it's worth you know, really digging in and diving in and talking about our experiences and the shit that happens when it comes to dealing with white privilege. So I'd like to, you know, throw the throw the mic over to you, Lady T. I just am curious, like, have you ever had experiences directly um, that have directly impacted you when it comes to white privilege? So, I mean, yes and no. So I've definitely dealt with some white privilege. I mean, even within like 
driving to and from places and like people cutting you off. Like, I don't know if that has anything to do with white privilege, but like, it's usually a white person in the car and they're cutting you off or they're doing some stupid driving and then you respond or react and then you're the bad guy. Like the one day, I'll, I'll give this example. I was in the car driving home, I think probably from your house and I was merging over and to go and get ready to go into the four pit tunnels and I had the right of way and I got like I merged over into the lane and the car behind me I guess didn't like that like I didn't let them go or that it was my turn so they drove behind me and flipped their high beams on me several times like while I was driving in front of them mm. to like blind me in my rear view mirror and then once we got out of the tunnels they sped up to drive past me to see what I look like. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that both of them, they look like younger white people. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, it was my turn to go. It wasn't even your turn. Mm-hmm. But yet, you found a problem with that. And then trailed me and flicked your high beams on me. Yeah. And then something more recent that like this this is what really impacted me because this is the first time that this has ever happened to me thankfully like i've never been in a situation like okay i've been called a nigger several times i work with very traumatized kids that have behavioral issues so like i get called a nigger all the time at work Mm -hmm. so the the word now to me has become like it's just be it's become so desensitized to me. Like the word doesn't even trigger me anymore in certain situations, like in situations at work where it's these kids, it doesn't trigger me anymore. I was over a friend's house about a couple weeks ago. We stopped over to, you know, like give a friend a gift and we're sitting in the friend's house talking, like just having conversation, like laughing, talking. We hadn't seen this friend in a very long time. Um, So we're like hanging out with her and her husband and their neighbor that lives next door to them comes, comes over, knocks extremely hard and loud on their screen door. And she goes, can you keep it down? And we're like, I mean, sure, but like you could be a, a lot nicer about it. And she's like, I'm just tired of you people. And we're all like in the middle of our conversation, we all stopped and we're like, you people like she pointed she was pointing her finger at at the screen and it was a house full of all black women and a and a puerto rican man Hmm. and she stood at the doorway and said you people are always doing this and blah 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 and that just sent my friend's husband off he was like you people he was like all we're doing is talking we're not listening to music We're not, like, doing anything. We're talking. We're having a conversation. And he's like, I'm sorry that our apartments, like, the walls are paper thin. And you can hear everything. But, like, we're literally having a conversation. Yeah. We're not doing anything else but having a conversation. So now you're trying to tell me and tell us that we can't talk to each other. And then she proceeds to say, and they're not even supposed to be over there. So now you're policing who comes in and out of our apartment. 
you're trying to tell me that we can't have guests because it's all of a sudden disrupting you because the apartments are too close and you can hear us talking through the walls. Yeah. And this lady has like complained about them before. Like my friend's husband had to move where he did his work because he works from home. He had to move where he did his work because this lady complained to the property manager that he was being too loud while he was making his work phone calls. Like, why is she so sensitive? <laughs> that's the question. That's the, my first question. It's, it's like everybody like, has to make adjustments. Like a lot of people are yeah. working from home that didn't work from home before. There's, they still well, have to people are spending up. more time in their homes than they ever right. done before. Right. So it's natural to like, like if you're used to their it being quiet certain times of the day because mm. people aren't home because they're at work or they're out or whatever. Now right. everybody is constantly in their homes all the time, like having to do their jobs, having to be social, all that in their houses. So Absolutely. there is that, like, there has to be that level of consideration for sure of other people and mindfulness around you, but also like, um, compromise, right? Like, and, and it's not hard to, you know, as a neighbor, as a neighborly thing to do, to reach out and say, Hey, like, you know, I know we're all in our houses and like, everybody's got a lot going on, but if, you know, you don't mind like keeping it down or like, maybe we can compromise and like, you know, because the walls I mean, are thin, like, you, maybe you guys can, like, kind of keep your, like, social interactions to a certain time frame, whatever. Like, something where you can work together to be able to, you know, live in peace and harmony, you know? And that, that would have been great had she come over appropriately and asked for and that. Had she be- had that level of energy, right. Right, like, and, and asked for that to be the case. But you came over extremely accusatory, extremely mean and disrespectful. yeah. From the beginning, like you didn't even try to like be like, you know, hey, guys, I'm still working for the day. Like, would you mind just keeping it down? Had you done that, we would have kept it down. Yeah. But you came over, you loudly knocked, you sound like you were the police. Yeah. I, I want to go knocked, back. Then you look, then you called us you people. Yeah. Which is a crazy statement to make. So I want to go back to the, so something that you had mentioned earlier in the story where you said, um, she was like, and you're not even, you know, you're not even supposed to be here. These people aren't even supposed to be here. And that idea of policing. So what I find interesting and, you know, when we look at like definitions of things, um, you know, the definition of white privilege um, is the inherent advantages possessed by a white person on the basis of their race in a society characterized by racial inequality and injustice, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like a formal definition of what white privilege is. But what we see often are these these actions that are privileged actions, right? Because when when I... walk out my house because right because I'm I live by myself so it's not like you know I'm interacting with people on a regular basis my landlord lives below me so I have a lot of interaction with her and that's about it um but when I go out of my house when I see things going on around me whether it's on my street or whether it's you know while I'm at the store or whatever Mm -hmm. I mind my business yeah because if it's not directly affecting me or if it's not hurting or damaging somebody else, it's none of my business. But what yeah. I find is that 
um, that oftentimes, and this is not everybody, but oftentimes white people feel they have this privilege, this level of privilege, which allows them to become authority. Yes. Right? And so I'm sure the comments made of, you know, they're not even supposed to be here kind of go along with like, we're supposed to be social distancing. Like you're not even supposed to have people in your homes. They're supposed to be staying in their houses, that sort of thing, which is fine. And that is very true, but it is not your job or your role to police a situation or enforce situations that have nothing to do with you. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And I, it's one thing if it's a noise issue because you can go over there as a as a nice, kind neighbor and say, hey, do you mind keeping it down? That's one thing. But when now you're trying to tell me what I can and cannot do in my own home, that's Absolutely. problematic to me. That's a privilege that you have asserted yourself. That is yep. an authority that you have given for you to say what you think I should be doing or what others should be doing with their lives. For Absolutely. example... This comes into play um, when we talk about situations like Barbecue Becky, right? They call her in these streets, right? The woman, the white woman who called the police on a group of black people for congregating in a a public park. Yes. And cooking out in a public park, which they were permitted to do. Yes. But in her mind, she felt like they were violating something, and so she called the police. Mm-hmm. And I also like, you know, so you skim, I don't ever always read the things that I see, but I saw something recently as well. Um, and it was like a brief headline that said, you know, um, police, like the police stations have been getting more phone calls recently of people calling to report people violating social distancing rules. Now, these are not laws. Right. They are suggestions or recommendations. Even yep. even the CDC calls it a recommendation. Yes. Doesn't that say, like, this is a law enforced? Right. Now, obviously, when the state gets involved and, sh- and physically shuts things down, they have, like, made that decision, right? School shut down, stores yes. shut down, you know, certain stores and businesses had to shut down because it was state mandated. Right. But there was still, like, uh, not a level of enforcement, right? Like, right. for instance, you know, it's they're saying, like, no one said that we were on a curfew, that we couldn't leave our houses or we couldn't go out of the house. It just said that to limit what you go out of your house for. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, a lot of the stores and stuff, too, decrease their hours. So there's not a whole right. lot of you go past a certain time right now anyway. Right. But it's not but it's not anybody's job to enforce those rules. Mm-hmm. And what I see often happens is is that white people take on the, again, and this is not saying all, but the majority take on this responsibility. Like they're responsible to like serve justice. So we look at the situation with Ahmaud Arbery. This young man, this young black man was running through a neighborhood, like jogging for physical fitness. Yes. Jogging through a neighborhood. And these two white men assumed that he was 
up to no good up to no good because he was running um that he that there had been a string of burglaries it had been said that there had been a string of burglaries in the neighborhood and that maybe he's a burglar but it's not your job but they only assume that maybe he's a burglar because he's black Right. So so what it comes into play is usually our biases, right? So yeah. you, that so it goes back to like cultural implicit bias, um which is like how we perceive people. So absolutely. But the point is, that I'm trying to make is that they took it upon themselves to deal with it yeah. rather than call the police. Yes. If you think that somebody is doing a, some type of criminal activity, you know, they call the police. Call the police. Right. By all means, even if it's not accurate, like let them determine that. Although the outcomes are not always any better, unfortunately right. for for people of color. But the point is, like, why is it that you internalize this justice that you yep. have to be able to take on justice and yep. and fix the issue? That to yep. me is the problem that I see when it comes to this idea of white privilege. Well, I mean, it even goes back as far as, I mean, I know George Zimmerman's not white, but it even goes back as far as that with the Trayvon Martin situation. The reason why George Zimmerman didn't go to jail because of the laws in Florida that allowed him, Mm -hmm. yeah, that allowed him to be able to do that because he felt a threat. Yeah. And he was defending himself. Right. So you mean to tell me every time a white person feels a threat? of a black person or whether it be an adult or a child, they have the right in Florida to kill them without any like. And, and yes, because that is state law. But the thing is, again, this goes back to, or ties in with, um, with biases, right? It's how you perceive people. If you look at people with dark colored skin and assume that they're up to no good. Mm hmm. That is a that's an internal bias that you need yeah. to deal with. Yes, I could look at a white person and think they're up to no good. You're mm-hmm. shabby, you're crazy looking, but that doesn't mean to me that you are. It's not up to me to determine that and assume that. Now, if you are coming towards me in a way that I feel threatened, I understand that. Yes. But if I'm just walking down the street, mind your business like mind your ba- your damn business is kind of what with the, is the thought that comes to my head when i hear stories like what you're sharing and when i see read different reports is like mind your damn business absolutely cuz not it's not yours to to be worried about what i'm doing um absolutely. and i get that there are people who do who genuinely do um you know criminal like things mm-hmm. white people black people green people whoever you know there are people who do who do things that warrant them to be who legitimately warrant them to you know uh you know be arrested or criminalized or whatever but but that's not everybody and to me and i think that's what's so hard is that like anybody can assume that people somebody could assume that about me and sometimes i feel like i have to be overly friendly yeah to let people know that i'm actually a good person and i'm not you know but but that doesn't mean that someone can't look at me from a distance and not interact with me and assume that i'm doing something wrong just like you know you know, my brother or my, you know, my black brother or my black father could be walking down the street, going home or going to their car even, 
and somebody assumes that they're doing something wrong just because they're a black man. Yes. And to me, that that that's scary. Um, And so as we're talking about this, this subject matter, you know, a couple of things have like been coming to my mind, right? So for instance, I'm not sure if you heard um, the uh, interview or heard about the interview that Charlemagne the God from the Breakfast Club had with Joe Biden the other day. Actually, I think I it was I did not yesterday. hear, I like, I didn't watch it, but I kind of saw, I kind of yeah. saw it. But I didn't like listen to it. Right. So for those of you who 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 aren't familiar about this story, um, Charlemagne the God from The Breakfast Club. So The Breakfast Club is a, a radio show um, in New York City, um, like housed in New York City, and um, so they had this like virtual conversation um, between Charlemagne the God and and. Uh, Joe Biden, who is uh, Vice President Joe Biden, who is now running for um, for for president, um, yeah. and he's going to be the Democratic nominee, um, a bit essentially. But um, but anyways, so they're having this interview, and um, Charlemagne the God, his leadoff was essentially, "What are you going to do for Black people?" Like all the time, you know, these white male and female, but majority white male candidates, the Democratic candidates are always assuming that they have the black vote just because they're Democrats and just because, you know, they're the only option. And so Charlemagne the God's like, what are you going to do for black people? And what I love about people like Joe Biden, and when I say I love it, I really just mean like the hell. (laughs) Um, But what I uh, love about (laughs) Joe Biden or people like him is that they can be their authentic, like old, outdated white self and make statements that are like, what? Who is like, coaching you or training you or walking you through what you're saying and how you say it because to me there's this um privilege that comes with the words that he used which I think is why it rubs so many people the wrong way and so he made the statement of you know so they go through this whole interview they have this conversation and at the end of the interview um, you know, Charlemagne the God's like, and he's kind of being rushed off. And he said that he's still not in a place where he's like, I'm like, we need to have some more conversation. We need to have some more dialogue, Joe Biden, because I'm not really 100% sold on you as a candidate. And Joe Biden makes the statement, if you have a problem figuring out if you're for me or for Trump, then you ain't black. Is what he said. <laughs> it's basically what he said. And I think that he was trying to be funny, but what he but what he did was assumed that black people have to vote for him because he's a Democrat. Yeah. Because he's not Trump. And because they're black. Yeah. <laughs> and not because he's making any literal sense. Not right. because he's gonna do 
you know, fight his hardest for, you know, to make sure that things are better and right for black people. None of that. He's basing his, like, the assumption that black people will vote for me because I am Joe Biden. I was in the White House with Barack Obama. I know a black person. I worked with a black person. And like, and it proved to me like a lot of the statements that he that he made in that interview was like, look, listen, black people love me. I mean, he never really said those words, but everything that he said was like, I get what you're saying. But at the end of the day, black people love me. And black people are going to vote for me. And I think, again, this is a privilege to say the things that he says. And what I think I'm most challenged by when it comes to the the statement or the phrase um, or the terminology white privilege is that you can do whatever you want because you are white. You can, you know, in your example and conversation about the... um, the driving situation and the person like, you know, cutting you off or whatever, or whatever they did. Um, and it may not have been white privilege, but it was assumed that as a white person, I can really do whatever I want and nobody can stop me or tell me. But what I can also do is tell you, you can't do that at all. And I can dictate, I can dictate, um, what you what you can and cannot do because I'm white. Yeah. Um and so that to me is like is I think is why I've always been challenged by it and the, the first time that I had ever come in contact with or heard this phrase uh white privilege is um probably about maybe what 5 or 6 years ago now um mm-hmm. when I I did an AmeriCorps program and we did a a whole it was a leadership training program and so we did a whole um session on white privilege and it didn't really hit me because i was like what the hell like i mean everybody i mean white people just have always been doing what they wanted to do for years like i didn't right. think there was like a a terminology to it right, right. um but when it really hit me was uh right after we had that session about white privilege I um, went out with a couple of friends on the south side um, in Pittsburgh, which in as a neighborhood, um, you know, a lot of people live and frequent the south side, but it's most no, known for or notorious for its nightlife scene. And so I went out with a couple of friends. Um, this was maybe like a day or two after like New Year's Eve. So it was a brand new year. What was this? Maybe 2016. Um, and, you know, we're out at this particular bar slash restaurant, um, and we're having a good time. We kind of commandeered a spot, like in the corner at the bar, just all hanging out. So it's four of us, myself, a black woman, another black woman, a white woman, and, um, a half, uh, she's half white, half Filipino. Okay. But she has a very like because she has a darker skin tone so she has a very uh exotic look so when you see her people not not sure what her right like what her nationality or what her race is but she's half white half filipino right okay Okay. so 
so we're sitting there, we're hanging out, we're having a good time. And uh, this, so, you know, I'm standing up at the bar, my, my, my back's against the wall, but I'm standing at the bar. Um, and we're dancing, we're having a good time. We kind of push the stools up underneath the, um, the top of the bar. Uh, so that we can like dance and have a good time, yeah. and these three white girls walk over to go over to order a drink, and the one girl I guess knew the bartender, so she gave her like coat to him, and he put the coat behind the bar, mm-hmm. and they proceeded to order their beverages. Now I moved out of the way, so and we you know we kind of parted. The polite made, thing made a is. space for them to yeah. walk up to the bar to order their drinks but like my, my drink was still sitting at the bar like on the counter like where they were standing mm-hmm. and so they get their drinks and they're standing there kiki and they're kicking and they're talking and like never like acknowledge like oh thanks for like give you know making space for us to you know stand here or oh yeah. you guys are standing here occupying this space let us move out the way Um, and so my friend had said something and she was like, oh, let me just, you know, her coat was on the, um, stool of it. She was like, oh, let me just move this. And she said, oh, well here. And she just took the stool and like moved it over as to say, like, you can have the stool and put your stuff on it, but I'm standing here. Oh, okay. And so all the while she's standing in front of me, her back was turned towards me and very close and she flips her hair and it kind of like whisks past my face. Like never turned around at any point in time and acknowledged that I was even present in that space. Right. Of course, because you weren't. Right. To her, I wasn't. And so it really struck me. And like, I just like, and I'm usually not a vocal person. Like I don't like just bust out and like start cursing people out or I'm not a big fighter yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. But like, I like this, like feeling inside me kind of welled up and I just lost my shit and I was just like excuse you I was like I'm out I'm occupying this space right now and she said oh well um you know there's a lot of people who need to you know standing at the bar or whatever she like made a comment and I was just like okay but I'm you know we're we're here like we're in this space and she's like um well it's a you know it's a public bar like there's there should be enough room for everybody to be at and I was like yes and I agree with you on that but like you could at least acknowledge the presence of of us standing here um and so and so like I'm arguing with this girl and her friends are like whoa 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 like we don't want any trouble like you know she's that's just how she is like we're so sorry like we don't want any issues no trouble whatever and they walk stop away and stop making excuses for her like, right she needs to learn that I don't care if that's how she is she also needs to be like pay attention to be respectful to, to people right, right. Like, and and the, and the challenge is like is always expected for black people to be respectful mm-hmm. to people if we are at in any way shape or form unruly or like out of place you know it's you know people are quick to be like no 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 black person you can't do that or you gotta go. Or you like, gotta go. You have to get out. Remove us from the situation. Absolutely. They remove a white person from the situation. Absolutely. And so, to me, that is privilege, and that is what frustrates me most about yeah. it. 
Um, but I do believe that there is black privilege too, right? There is privilege. There, it's privilege in a different way, right? So as a black person, like who might have a little bit more of a means than another black person, or you know that sort of thing, or maybe grow up in an environment mm-hmm. with you know, like for instance, a black child that was adopted by a white family. There's a little bit more privilege there because they're used to a certain way of living yeah. because they get those, they reap those benefits yeah. off of, you know, the person who's receiving this, you know, privilege or whatever, who's white. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that it like measures to the damage that white privilege really does when it comes to, when it comes to people. Um, and their experiences. So I found this, um, this diagram, which I thought was really cool. It was designed by like a graphic designer and it says a guide to white privilege. Okay. Uh Okay. So, so it's really cool. So the first, the first panel of the, um, diagram, it says, uh, white privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard. It means your skin tone isn't one of the things making it harder, which I appreciate because a lot of times people say like, oh, like, you know, it's unfair. Like, you know, we don't get things too all the time, but like your privilege works in your favor in different ways, whether you acknowledge it or not. Right. Yeah. Um, And then it also says there's plenty of other privileges, socioeconomic male, heterosexual, cisgender, Christian, able-bodied. So it's saying that there are privileged people, right? That's why I brought up the idea of is there black privilege, right? Mm -hmm. But it said, like, you could be privileged by just having more money. You can be privileged by being a man versus being a woman. You can be privileged by being able-bodied versus being disabled, right? Mm -hmm. And so privileges come out when there are you know, differences um, of how we can function, how we function, right? But it says, but white privilege is perhaps the most enduring throughout history. So even though the conversation of white privilege for me came up in like 2016, 2015, 2016, it's been going on for decades and ages. It just may not have even had a name, right? Okay. So panel number two of this diagram, White privilege exists as a direct result of both historic and enduring racism, biases, and practices designed to oppress people of color. Oh, okay. Interesting, right? Yeah. So we talk about oppression, right? Mm-hmm. And these, so white privilege doesn't like just exist on its own, but it's incorporated with the historic, you know, issues of racism, biases, like I mentioned before, and the oppression of people of color. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we talk about privilege in 
the sense of education, for instance, and how um, schools who are suburban, predominantly white neighborhoods have the resources that they need. You know, you're never going to have broken down computer labs. You're ne- you know, every student has a, a you know access to technology. Every student has books in their classroom, and they you know get to go on trips and things like that. And yeah. it's free, and they can walk around, and there's no like rules. It's not like prison. Yeah. But then you go into public school systems that are predominantly, you know, black students and they barely have computers. They barely have, you know, textbooks textbooks and, and yeah. access to resources, right? Yeah. This is where privilege comes into play. Um the third panel says white privilege means you actively benefit from the oppression of people of color and I think actively benefiting from right mm-hmm. to me and 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 I like the little like icons that, that come underneath this panel so mm-hmm. it says um, one says no one questions your citizenship no yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right you inherited power and wealth regardless even if you are like the poorest of a white person you still Uh have inherited some level of power and wealth right just by existing and your skin being white okay people at work look like you yeah so that's a big one because i've worked in a lot of predominantly white spaces that like privilege like blared right and you had to really like prove yourself as a black person your your actions this is this is one that i like your actions are perceived as those of all your wait sorry your actions aren't perceived as those of all your race am i <laughs> saying that right your actions aren't perceived as those of all your race so saying like Someone can look at a situation. If I see a white person running down the street, I don't think that they're about to break into my house. Right, yeah. But if I see a black person on the street, you're probably about to do something criminal. You know? Yeah. Um, You don't get harassed for exiting... Oh, you don't get harassed for existing in public locations. Yeah. <laughs> Big one, right? Well, yep. And And, and I'm wondering how the use of masks now that we're required to wear masks in stores like makes me anxious about how many people are going to be criminalized just because they're wearing a mask and i can see a white person walk down the aisle with a bandana on and there's no questions asked but a black person comes in with a bandana and they're in a gang yeah well, I know there was, I forget what state it was, but there was a law that was passed that, like, cops are no longer arresting for, um, like, mask violations and stuff. So, like, I mean, you can't. Wear- like, how can you? It's a re- it's literally a requirement, right? Well, right. So, the last panel, well, at least panel number four is systematic racism exists at every level of society. So, it talks mm-hmm. about the wealth gap, the education gap. Um, you know, the issues of, you know, police 
Uh, so black Americans are 30 more percent likely to get pulled over. Um, black graduates are two times more likely to be unemployed. Wow. Black students are three times more likely to be suspended. And those suspension rates even go higher for girls. For some reason, yeah. girls are extremely criminalized when it comes to the education system. Wow. Um, black Americans make up 40% of the prison population, which is crazy. Black women are four times more likely to die from childbirth than that, their white counterparts. That's that surprising. Absolutely. Um, you know, and this is only a small part of, of, of oppression, right? Like, this yeah. is, like, this is what it... So, the benefits that white people have... Just because the system is so screwed up. It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. And just because you're white. Absolutely. Um, And so, okay, so this is the last panel. It says, five, what should I do with my white privilege? So as we're, like, kind of bringing this to a landing, Mm -hmm. um, this conversation to a landing, um, you know, some encouragement for for white. Because I don't think... For me, I don't think that all white people are bad. And they all, right. like, I, are terrible. I, agree. I don't either. And I know that there are conversations about this where, you know, black people do struggle with, with white people and the relationships with white people. And for me, like, I grew up, you know, in an environment where I was around black people and white people. Mm-hmm. Right? I was very used to it. In fact, I always joke around and say I used to want to be white. Yeah. Because I thought being white meant opportunity mm-hmm. right better opportunity right so yeah. being white would mean i get to go to a better school being white would mean you know i would get to you know enjoy these privileges over here and i had a lot of white friends yeah and i recognized that first time i was ever called a nigger like was in a dairy queen with my white friends yeah. <laughs> like you know what i mean so it's just kind of crazy to me that um you know we have these experience, but what should you do with your white privilege? The first thing, teach other white folks the barriers to success for people of color. Uh, promise to listen to and amplify the voices of people of color. Be more than not racist, but actively anti-racist, which I appreciate yeah. because I, I hate when people are like, I'm not racist. Well, it's funny that you say that because that lady that called us those you people, mm-hmm. she, like, my friend was like, you know, that sounds very racist. Like, that's a very racist comment. And she was like, I am not racist. I, like, I don't want people saying that I am not racist. Okay, you might not be, but, like, your actions and how you handled the situation was very racist. And So I often say, you might not be racist, but your behavior is racist-like. Yes. Racist adjacent, right? Because, of course, like, I, I don't want people going around saying I'm a racist. Like, I mean, there are people who don't give give a fuck and will yeah. and will go around and shout it to the to the top of the mountains. But the, the average person is no one's ever going to be like, I'm not racist. Um, I remember having a conversation with my boss and about the lack of diversity in the organization that we worked for and, you know, working in nonprofit. And um, it was a 30-person staff, and I was the only person of color. And we served predominantly black children. 
in our yeah. program. And so I was having this conversation with her and she was like, well, I'd like to consider myself not to be, you know, not to be racist. And I was like, yeah, but you do a lot of racist ass shit. Yeah. And people don't see that. So be more than not racist. Be actively anti-racist. Like actually go over and beyond. Try not to be. Comfort confront racial injustices even when it's uncomfortable being uncomfortable being comfortable in the uncomfortable moments in your life i think is a is a key part to recognizing your privilege and i appreciate a lot of the uh, white people in my life um are very much like that they're Mm -hmm. willing to be uncomfortable when it comes to injustices um when they're when um we were dealing with the um the police shooting um of Antoine Rose um in our city a couple summers ago and it was after his verdict was announced and there was an outburst of protests and things going on in the city mm-hmm. and i went to this protest um in around one of the universities and um my my one friend who's white a Jewish woman uh, came with me and she was like I'm I'm willing to like be uncomfortable in this space yeah. you know and, 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 and walk with you and, and, and fight with you and she does that every day she's a teacher in a public mm-hmm. school she has some incredible students um, a lot of her students are students of color and she is always 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 willing to be uncomfortable when it comes to injustices and I think that is where that is what we need more of yes absolutely we need more people and I look at you know we can look back at the time um, of the civil rights movement when there were so many white people who stood on the front lines yeah. and fought alongside Dr. Martin Luther King and some of these heavy, active um, people in our history, in our black history, mm-hmm. that fought for our civil rights. Yep. And there were white people who walked alongside of them and fought alongside of them to fight against those injustices. I think that we need more of those people if yeah. we ever want to get to a place where we can really have, we can really start to see real change, real systemic change. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, and it takes me back to that conversation and that video of of Joe Biden, because when he talked, he talked with such a privilege of that he knew that black people had his back, even though he had not done his best for black people. Right. Absolutely. And Charlamagne, well, I like, like he, I feel like he automatically feels as though he has the black vote because he was Barack's vice president. Absolutely. And we allowed him to feel that way, right? Like, we, we, we rocked with him because we walk, rocked with Barack. But the thing about it is that he doesn't just think that. It's it's like, you know, the NAACP, NAACP supports me. You know, this supports me. Yeah. Black people love me. Like, But when Charlemagne was challenging him on some of the... Um, the laws and the things that he put in place and some of the uh, the ways that he could have better protected black people and didn't, especially when it comes to the criminal justice system. Like, he had, like, he had to try to fight himself and remind us that black people love him. But yet, you didn't do 
the one time you had the opportunity to do something to to really make change, you didn't. So I mm. think that's a lot of times um, the what is perceived. Um, yeah when it comes but the 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 bottom issue and the even why we have to have this conversation is because something has to change right absolutely and we talk about the show being called shit happens right and it's the shit that happens sometimes could really be so much different if people mm-hmm. just walk differently and move differently and live yep. differently and made different choices that yep. weren't just about themselves but we're about others. Absolutely. And especially when it comes to life being lost, mm-hmm. you know, when we are losing people, black people, you know, Hispanic people, like young people, like these kids who haven't even had a chance to live life are being taken away in the, in the flash of the moment because yeah. of these systemic racist issues that we are dealing with in this country and the privilege that people sit on and live on. Yep. Um, so, I mean, we can really go so much longer in this conversation, but I think, you know, it really just ties up for with the conversation that we had, you know, in our last episode of really just how do we, how do we change? How do we, how do we do better? But I don't, I don't really think it's us as like that need to do better. I just feel like, like people in general need to do better. I, I mean, I guess it's just it's a very blanket uh, statement. Yeah. We all yeah. need to do better. Black people, white people, we all just generally need to do better. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, um, that's it uh, for the topic of the day. And that was a good topic. It was. We could have kept, kept going. You know, we thought that this was going to be a short episode, but... You know, it's not because <laughs> there's a yeah. lot to talk about here. And I, and I think it's really important. Um, but uh, but anyways, if you have topics that you want us to discuss, be sure to email us at shit happens podcast at Gmail dot com. That's shit happens podcast at Gmail dot com. Awesome. Well, that takes us to. Our final segment of the show, and that is Sip to the Shit. Sip to the Shit. It's time to sip to the shit. Um, I'll go. I'll go. Okay. Go ahead. You got it. Um, so, my takeaway, do better. Mm. Do better, white people. You have the opportunity. Dear white people, right? So, we have the show, <laughs> Dear White People. Dear white people, do fucking better. Like, I can't, it, it, it like scares me sometimes thinking that if I were to have children, what will my children, what is the life that they will they'll get to live? Yeah, what will they undergo? You know, Absolutely. You know, what, what will their experiences be? What will my experiences be? You know, like I'm only like, you know, coming to the end of my 30s. What will my experiences be as a black woman in this country unless you do better? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that, you know, trust is a factor and so just learning to trust the people around you and really challenge not be afraid to challenge the people around you not be afraid to call out absolutely the privilege that you know of people around you um 
and see where that gets you. You know, one of the the most defining moments that I've ever had confronting white privilege was at work when I when I stood up to my boss about mm-hmm. some things that I felt very strongly about. Yeah. And um she didn't receive it well. And I've since left that job because yeah. she didn't receive it well. But what it did was it allowed me to be my authentic self and to use my voice because my voice matters. And doesn't mean that you matter any less. It's just my voice is, matters too. And we yeah. already know that we are not equal. Even yes. when you say that we are, we are not. We already know, yes. And, know and so uh, for me, what it did was it instilled this confidence so that I went to the next job and I was very, very clear of what I wasn't going to do. Yeah. If you want me to work in your establishment, this is what I need from you. Because I know what I bring to the table and I know that I will do this job and I will do it to the best of my ability and you won't have no regrets. But what you won't do is treat me less than. Absolutely. Um, You deserve the same uh, respect and um, you deserve the same respect as anybody else working a job, whether they be black or white. Absolutely. So do better. um, And, you know, for if you're a black person, like assert yourself and like your voice matters. Um, and I think that's that's my takeaway from this conversation. That was a beautiful takeaway. I don't know if I even have anything to follow because I feel <laughs> like that was going to be something along the lines of do better too. Yeah, right. And so cheers to that then. Cheers to that. Um, that yeah, cheers to that because, I mean, do better. Very well said. Um, all right um well that will wrap up um our show for the day again don't forget to follow us on facebook and instagram at ish happens pod um season one and all of the episodes of season two can be heard on uh what was it apple Podcasts, stitcher google play and soundcloud at shit happens podcast that's sh exclamation point t happens podcast listen to us while you're driving while you're doing your laundry while you're kicking it in the backyard throw on um your podcast and and check us out and for our last uh word quote so actually um this week um was the um birth day celebration of Malcolm X um, on May 19th I believe and so I I chose a quote from Malcolm X um, and that says um, you can't separate peace from freedom because no one can be at peace unless he has his freedom so amen to that and amen to Malcolm X um, for all that he has done in our lives and how he has uh, fought, um, you know, his his legacy lives on, and and I, and I appreciate his words, and um, yeah, that's a wrap. Shit happens.